Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is raining hard, and then not, and then hard. <laughs> so it's it's pouring, and then it's gently showering, and then it's pouring, and it's gently showering. On this Father's Day, Sunday, the 19th of June in the year 2022, and in Costa Rica, we do celebrate Father's Day on the day traditionally celebrated, as opposed to Mother's Day, which is always August 15th, and like a national holiday. So anyway, um, I hope you are all doing well. There's some interesting things going on right now. So let's talk about Mercury. Mercury is finally out of its shadow. Mercury is now at five degrees, almost six degrees of Gemini, and it is past the four degrees and change where it was uh, going retrograde. And we are now past all of that Mercury stuff. And so this is important. And I think normally the shadow comes and goes and I don't really notice it, but this one I'm noticing. I'm noticing things opening up. I'm noticing things moving. I'm noticing uh, information being available. I'm noticing things that we've been stalled waiting for. I'm noticing them coming back where they need to come from and go to. And so things are moving again. And maybe it's because Mercury was in its own sign and then not in its own sign, and then in its own sign again. And we all said that this was a very powerful Mercury retrograde, but I'm noticing the shift. So that's actually good news. And it's, you know, it's not exactly um, easy to detect this. You know, you may be just thinking, oh, yeah, Mercury's direct, yay. And, and, that may be so every time Mercury goes direct after the retrograde. But this is one of those times when I actually really see the Mercury out of its shadow phase. And that is generally very important. But this time I think it's particularly important. So I'm watching things move. I'm watching things open up. I'm watching things shift and change. And that's all good. And our thinking may be clearer. I've had some breakthroughs. I hope you have had some breakthroughs. And these are these are important things to notice so that when Mercury does come out of its shadow, on other occasions, we pay attention to it. We sense it. We get used to the feeling of how that feels like what does that feel like when Mercury comes out of its shadow so yes that's one thing now the other thing is we are coming off and coming out of the exactitude of Venus squaring Saturn and this was one of many Venus Saturns that happens throughout the year because we have Venus square Saturn twice we have Venus conjunct Saturn we have Venus opposing Saturn. And those are the harder aspects. You know, even though a conjunction is a blending of the energies, squares and oppositions are generally a little harder, especially when we're dealing with Venus and Saturn. And Venus is, as you know, if you listen to this, the planet of love, the planet of beauty, the planet of art, the planet of our finances and all we value, whether it's in the bank, in our pocketbook, in our house, on a shelf, in the safe deposit box, all those things. And so one of the things that's um, interesting about this is that, you know, our values get reevaluated. 
we're evaluating our values. And um, when we have Venus Saturn, we look at where it's important, where we may not have been mm, responsible with what we value or some of the things that, now that could be a person, that could be a thing, that could be our time and our effort and our, our, what we value, anything we value in our lives. And sometimes if we don't value someone and then they go away, we see the absence of the person and we feel the absence of the person. And one of the things that's so important under Venus Saturn is that we are paying attention to how we value ourselves because everything in the outside world is a projection as we know. And if we are feeling not valuable to ourselves, then we are going to uh, you know, not feel great. And we're not going to look at the world in a bigger picture. We're going to look at the world from a very critical viewpoint because we are not valuing us. We don't value ourselves. How do we value others? And that may sound like a cliche, as I said yesterday on Instagram, valuing ourselves and, and loving ourselves and all this might sound corny, but it's really important. If it all starts with us, we have to be aware of our own value of self and our loving of self. And if you don't treat you well, how do you expect other people to treat you well? So these are things that we start to look at and question during Venus Saturn. You know, and it's, you know, my teacher used to call this the aspect of the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> she was green and nasty and she was mean to other people. And it was all like, they were all happy when she died. And it's that, it's that, lack of beauty. And so we don't feel that we are beautiful. We, we pick on ourselves and look at our scars and our wounds and our, and, and they're magnified under Venus Saturn. And, you know, it's, it's really not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to ourselves. People who have Venus Saturn in their charts, they are people who there are people who have to work through any lack of love of self. They often feel unloved. Now, a lot of times what I've seen in people's charts is when they have a Venus Saturn square or something like that, they often were um, in the hospital. They were premature or they had to stay in the hospital for a few days after they were born or maybe a week or something and the parents couldn't come see them, especially if you're older and they didn't necessarily let you like let your parents come in and hold you because as time wore on in more recent years, if you have a baby and it's premature, they let you come in and hold the baby. And in, in any case, most hospitals do. I don't know if that's universal, but, but people were not loved. People were born, they were premature, and maybe the parents couldn't touch them because they were in an incubator. And that's often a Venus-Saturn thing. It's the, it's the coldness and the Venus-Saturn being very early in life, especially if it's a very tight aspect, Venus and Saturn can like indicate, well, well maybe you look at the chart, were you, were you premature? Were you not held? And there may be a lack of holding for whatever reason. Maybe the mother was sick. You know, sometimes a woman delivers and she's got something wrong. And some women, some women are like, they have serious complications when they give birth and they are in a bad shape afterwards and they can't hold the baby. You know, the, maybe the mother is fighting for her life, but somebody has to get in there and hold the baby. 
the father, the aunt, the grandmother, the older sister, whoever. Um, you know, somebody's got to hold the baby. And they have to bond with the child. And a lot of times when you see a Venus Saturn, especially a close one in someone's chart, they often have that lack from the very beginning. Something was going on. There's a story there. So Venus Saturn makes us feel somewhat in lack. And one of the things we really, you know, we can't avoid 100% feelings of lack. They come up in your consciousness and you work with them. And Venus Saturn is about work. You know, it is, Saturn's always about work, no matter what it's with, you know, even if it's a nice sextile, you're, you're happier with work or you're a little more comfortable with work than you are with a square from Venus to Saturn. So it's maybe a little more work in your romantic department, a little more work in understanding how you feel about money and your relationship with money. It's, it's those things. And it's not tragic in, in the greater sense, you know, we all have some, times when Saturn squares our Venus by transit or conjuncts our Venus by transit. And we just, we have to work through that. And we all get it at some point, you know, Saturn's pretty quick in the realm of like all those planets, outer planets and stuff. Saturn's not a technically an outer planet, but it's, it has a longer cycle, but it's quick enough to give us a Venus Saturn every now and again, that, that is memorable, you know, and you can indeed get married, meet a partner or something, especially when Saturn comes to your Venus, you may have a very intense relationship with someone. And that's, that's important. So Saturn usually gives you something important. It never, ever gives you something foolish. Saturn will always give you something that's valuable in the end, even if it's like a little sticky going through it. But anyway, I hope that everyone was able to like get a little distance from the Venus Saturn and some perspective of what might be going on for them and like how to kind of pull yourself out of that. It was, I think the last couple of days were a little hard. I think last week was, I said it was going to be intense emotions last week because of that, that Mars Chiron and then the sun squaring Neptune. And then we had Venus Saturn. So I thought that things were going to be a little, what's the word, like arduous, that's it, arduous. It was just like a hard, hard week. And I certainly had things that I had to deal with and it wasn't fun and they were very practical things, but, you know, they were things I had to be patient about and, you know, but that week is over. And now we're in it going into a new week. And I don't think we're going to have what we had last week. I think it's going to be easier. We're moving past Venus, Saturn and Mercury is coming out of its shadow. And tomorrow Mercury will sextile Jupiter at 3:44 AM Eastern time. And that is more of a smooth aspect. We like to see that Mercury is talking to Jupiter in a friendly way. Nice. Like that. Very good. And Venus will move out of that square to Saturn and she'll trine Pluto. So that's good. She's trining Pluto. That means she's comfortable with her transformative powers. She's comfortable being transformed. She's comfortable being in a place where she can own her power and feel good about it. So we like when, when Venus trines Pluto. She's at the end of Taurus and trining Pluto at the end of Capricorn. And then when we get to Wednesday night in this region of the world, she will enter Gemini. So she's getting ready to leave Taurus, her favorite sign, one of her favorite signs. Um, 
and she's going into Gemini, 8.34 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday evening. And Venus and Gemini. So Venus and Gemini is like, she's a little more plucky and flirtatious and funny and clever and witty and, you know, she's good with numbers and math and she's good with a joke and, you know, she's very... Uh, dualistic you know she's she's going to be your friend one minute and then maybe not the next or you think she's your friend and then she shows you she's not um so that's a little bit tricky with the gemini energy or she's you know said she's coming out today and then she's not or she said she won't be out today and then she does so you know it's a little a little zany with venus going into gemini and she'll be there for a little while so it's not the steadiness of Venus in Taurus, her one of her favorite signs. It's not that earthy, grounded sensuality. She's she's a little more airy because it's an air sign and, you know, a little more flighty and fickle. So let her be fickle. Stick with, you know, what you know to be true and, you know, try to not let your heart be fickle. Use Gemini energy to be thoughtful and knowing and, you know, intelligent about stuff as opposed to fickle. And it's, you know, it's when Venus goes into Gemini, it's a good chance to know your own heart very well. And instead of being flighty and, you know, the social butterfly, maybe it's time to just get an understanding and a thoughtful understanding of one's own heart. And we can do that. We don't need it to, um, we don't need it to make us flighty or fickle. We, we need to use it in a thoughtful manner. And now that Mercury is out of its shadow and it's still in its own sign, this is a good time because Mercury and Venus will be speaking to one another and they won't be you know, it won't be ruled by a Mercury retrograde like we had several weeks back. And it's a little different for for our daily life. You know, Gemini's a little more in the daily life of things. So for sure, this can be something um, where it does us a favor about our thoughtfulness in our relationships and how, in our words, you know, Venus and Gemini is giving us the opportunity to be sensitive about our words and not just speak and just open our mouths and words come out just to be a little more sensitive about it. And, you know, thoughtful about your words. Hey, you know, people may say Gemini, you know, is like a joker or they're fickle or they're, you know, but they do want to speak up. They do want to talk and, you know, they don't necessarily know how to hold their tongue. Venus should be bringing more sensitivity to all of that. So we have to be more thoughtful and in our processes every day, when we are navigating relationships and others, you know, just to be very aware, aware of our words. The other thing that's happening is we are having the sun go into Cancer. And that is going to happen on Tuesday the 21st. It begins the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere. And, of course, the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere. 
and the sun will enter cancer at 5:14 a.m. on the 21st in the you know in this region of the world that's eastern time and so that is something where we get to feel you know the sensitivity of cancerian energy and we'll do that for the next month and every year this you know this is the longest day of the year if you're in the southern hemisphere it's probably the shortest day of the year and we are each like connecting with that you know what it feels like to have that much daylight and of course it's hard to believe that it's here already that it's already going to be june 21st and we're like halfway through the year and after that slowly little by little the days get shorter and it feels like it was no time at all to get to this place. But after this, you know, we definitely start to notice the days getting shorter. <laughs> um, here where I live in the land of, of 12 hours here and 12 hours there, um, it's, it's equatorial. And so, no, we don't really have, um, have a notice of days getting longer and days getting shorter. It's sometimes, and it's only within like maybe the most a half an hour, like it changes. Like there are days when I go outside, oh, it's a little after six and it's still light out. Hey, how about that? Or, hey, wow, it's getting dark and it's only 5.15. Okay. Then there's also the really dark rainy days when at 1.30 in the morning, 1.30 in the afternoon, I'm sorry, you're putting the lights on in the house because it's dark in the house because <laughs> it's raining so much outside. So yeah. There you go. So we are at the time when the sun enters Cancer and the moon is the ruler of the sign of Cancer. And the sun and the moon will meet, um, you know, in a new moon on the 28th, which is not this week. It's the following week. It's a week from Tuesday, the 28th at seven degrees of Cancer. So not long after the sun has answered, entered Cancer, then we will have this new moon. So this is good. Um, we have fresh energy as far as the sun is concerned. We're winding down Gemini season as far as the sun is concerned, even though Mercury and Gem Mercury and Gemini still is there and Venus will be in Gemini this week. So there we go again with the balance of the elements and the sun will move into Cancer and be in a water sign for the next month. And, you know, we have this soft maternal energy happening around us. And that's very lovely. Um, if you know anything about Cancerians, they are typically water. They aren't going to necessarily be open to self-expression and they are sensitive. They are compassionate and empathic and they are warm and welcoming. But Cancerian, remember, it's a crab. And what do crabs do? As I've said before on this podcast, they go bury themselves in the sand. So if you're walking on the beach and there's little crabs, they see you coming or they feel you coming, they're going to go dig under the sand. They are not going to allow themselves to be exposed. And that's what a lot of Cancerians do. They dig and put themselves under the sand. And if you know any Cancerians, um, they are not necessarily open with, <laughs> unless they have a bunch of Gemini, then they'll talk to you. But if they have a whole bunch of cancer, they're private. They stay closed. The crab pulls into its shell. It does not uh, open for people to see. And this is a very reserved energy that pulls back and pulls in. Um, 
trying to get a cancerian to tell you what they're thinking and feeling is like, you know, you got to crack open that shell. And generally, that's usually happens after they're cooked, right? <laughs> so um, our friends that moved back to Spain, you remember that if you've been listening to me for a while, that I had that happen when Venus was going retrograde. And when Ve the day Venus went direct, they left to go back to Spain. And it was hard for all of us, but we all stay in touch. And um, they were on the chat today. And um, they said their little daughter, who's seven, is... Um, is feeling she was homesick and sad and I thought oh Saturn Venus she's feeling the, the the Venus Saturn thing and but she's also a Cancerian and so she's you know probably more sensitive to these shifting energies and the moon's been in Pisces too so she's I think she's feeling that but um homesick missing people Venus Saturn from a Cancerian so there you go um but yeah it's uh it's funny though, Cancerians really love yesteryear <laughs> and they love that feeling of security and home and bringing the family together and um, connecting with the sense of the clan and the tribe and the crew and, and together. They love that. Even if they are quiet, even if they are not telling you what's going on or how they're feeling, you know, they often... It, for them to come forward and say something is a big deal. And here's what I would do. If you have a Cancerian in your life or circling your life and they come forward and they give you information about themselves that's generally private, if they express their feelings for you or, you know, even in friendship, it doesn't have to be a love relationship, then you have to take them seriously and you have to embrace them and not make fun of them or say something like, well, it's about time you told me how you felt or, or something like that. You, you want to handle them with care because it takes a lot of energy and a lot of courage for them to step out of that shell and be bold and brave and speak their feelings. So that's my advice about Cancerians. And it's better to not, you know, tease them, make fun of them, any of that. I mean, they can be funny people because oftentimes because the sun always travels close to Venus and Mercury, or they travel close to the sun, they're not far from the sun, that wherever the sun is in Cancer, they, they could, Venus and Mercury could be in Gemini, you know, one or both, or maybe not. But, but so they have a sense of humor, you know, they have they they lighten up the room a little bit when they have planets in, in Gemini. So, you know, just be aware of that with them. They it takes a lot for them to come forward and talk and express and confess feelings. And so you need to give them credence for that. You need to like give credence to their words. You need to um support them. They need support. They always need support. They like the support of the, the clan, the tribe, the family. But even though they're cardinal and even though they um, can initiate and they can be ambitious, they're still private. And for you to um, embrace that is really important and they trust you more then. And then that will let them speak their heart and their feelings more often to you once they gain your trust. You know, you've gained their trust. And yeah, so that's my, that's my little sermon on Cancerians. Um, you know, they're not, <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. So like, 
wrapping my head around a Cancerian has always been a bit of a challenge, but I seem to attract them into my life regularly. <laughs> I'm always bringing Cancerians into my life. Um, okay, so this is now the week ahead, and let's see what the moon is doing this week. So right now, the moon is in Pisces, as I mentioned. And tomorrow the moon will be in Pisces, and then at 11, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, the moon will go void in Pisces. So, you know, that's a really good time to go to sleep. <laughs> this time, this time uh, you know, at that time in this region of the world, it's a good time to go to sleep. Um, and it will go into Aries not long after that, though. It'll go into Aries, you know, like 20-some-odd minutes later at 11.37 p.m., and, you know, then it's, we're like rocking again. It's Aries. The moon will be in Aries on Monday night then, and then Tuesday, and then Wednesday the moon is in Aries, and then it finally, I mean, it's a long, well, it's tomorrow night, so all day tomorrow the moon's in Pisces, but it's that... It's that moon in Aries is going to stay Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday it will square Pluto at 4.02 a.m. Eastern Time, go void, and then the sun will enter Taurus at 7.58 a.m., just in time for people to be going to work. Um, that's Eastern Time. And then it'll be in Taurus. And then we're all cozy because Cancer, the sun will be in Cancer, and the moon will be in Taurus, and it's very traditional. And so what you want to do, like Thursday, Friday, you want to have, like especially Thursday, because the moon is going to sextile the sun at, at 12, 12 p.m., you want to have like a, a comfort food lunch if you're in the Eastern time zone, or breakfast if you're in the Pacific time zone, and dinner if you're in another time zone, like, you know, Europe. Um, and you know, it's comfort food day on Thursday. So it's time for mashed potatoes and spaghetti and that kind of stuff. Chocolate, chocolate pudding, comfort food. That's, that's Thursday. And, um, then we get into the moon conjuncting Uranus on Friday, the 24th at 6 15 PM Eastern time. And, and that's kind of a quiet day, except for the moon conjuncting Uranus, which is always exciting. And that's not as traditional. So maybe, you know, comfort food isn't of the order maybe, or you're, maybe you're going to really want comfort food when the moon conjuncts Uranus because you need some sort of comfort with that rattling the cage Uranus. Um, and then we get into, um, you know, Saturday where the moon is still in Taurus and then it goes void at 3.02 p.m. Eastern time for about four hours or so till 7.13 p.m. when the moon goes into Gemini. And that'll be three planets in Gemini next Saturday and Sunday. It'll be Mercury, it'll be Venus, it'll be the moon. And that's a lot of Gemini energy. So it'll be, it'll be boun bouncing off the wall time, but also, you know, maybe time to catch up and connect with people and uh, talk with people and, you know, catch up with friends. Um, in the meantime, Mars is staying in Aries and it's going to continue its journey in Aries. Um, 
it's not really, thank goodness it's moving away from Chiron now and <laughs> moving later as we get into the middle and the end of Aries. And eventually on Monday the 27th, Mars will sextile Saturn and then it's going to square Pluto not long after that because Aries squares Capricorn. It'll be the Friday the 1st of July, but we're not there yet. So essentially this week is about the sun going into Cancer, Venus going into Gemini, Mercury being out of its shadow, um, and things like moving in a nice way. But we're also in the station of Neptune. And Neptune will retrograde on the 28th, the same day as the new moon in Cancer, Neptune in Pisces. But Neptune is going to start slowing down. It, it's already slowing down. It's going to retrograde at 25 degrees of Pisces, where it is now. And we're not going to see much movement of Neptune this week. Um, but Neptune is the planet of illusion, delusion, vision, spirit, healing, and sometimes Neptune moves retrograde or direct, and it's like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, when did Neptune do that? Because it's like, it's one of those things that kind of slips into direction mode and without us even noticing. Like, it's, it's, it's sneaky. <laughs> Neptune's a little sneaky. And, you know, you don't want to get caught in the tide of Neptune's... Uh, the tide, right? Yeah. Um, you don't want to get caught in the tide of Neptune's um, misalignments, you know, where it's not clear and things are, you know, hidden and veiled and people aren't telling the truth or they're, they're being a little sneaky. And um, this is one of those things where you want to be very aware. You know, Neptune, as I've always said, makes us tune in more sharply. It causes us to really look at the details because remember, the image I always have is we're driving the car in the fog and you're like your face is close to the steering wheel and the windshield because you're looking at the road ahead that you don't have a lot of vision of, okay? And so we tune in more deeply and so Neptune retrograde is going to allow us to tune in more deeply and with a sharper focus. Now you think Neptune is so fuzzy. Yes, if you're not paying attention, it is. Notice your hunches. I had hunches this past week, right before the sun squared Neptune. I did not pay attention to them. And then I got some news yesterday that ruffled my feathers, shall we say, that I should have, I knew something was not right a few days ago. And I was like, mm, this dialogue is not, something's not right here. I'm not being told the truth. And I wasn't. Um, so we have to fine tune our vision when Neptune goes retrograde. And so now we're going to have the sun going into water sign this week. And then Neptune will be in Pisces as it has been for a long time. And so we, we need to stay close to that watery energy and connect, connect with vision and sensitivities, our senses. So our senses are very important. And as the sun goes into cancer and Neptune retrogrades, we really want to allow our senses to speak and allow them to tell us things and do not ignore them. If something doesn't feel right, step back, look at it. It's, something's not right, okay? Do not 
doubt what you know. Do not doubt your intuition. Do not discredit yourself. Be very sensitive and aware. That is going to do you big favors in the long run. Okay? Okay. And that's about it for this week. So if you need to get in touch with me, mm, I have a little announcement to make. I have decided after many years to raise my prices for astrological sessions and for emotional clearing sessions. And so they will be going up as of July 1st. Now that allows us another ooh, 10, 11 days or so before then. So I'm running a sale. I've got packages on my website. I'm putting them on Instagram. I'm linking to them on Instagram and you can buy a bundle of, you know, up and coming sessions and with no expiration date. And the reason I'm doing that is to give everybody a chance to like, you can buy four sessions. Okay. And they're at the current rate, not what they're going to be at the 25% increase. Okay. On July 1st. So you can buy them now, use them five years from now, whenever you want, but buy as many as you'd like whatever, but you're getting a discount from what it's going to be in 10, 11 days. So, you know, and maybe you don't care. Maybe you're just like, all right, well, I'll just pay the increase when it happens. But if you are interested in having a session, this is a good time to do it. Or it's a good time to buy the bundles and um, keep them, store your nuts for winter. Okay. And that's about it. So if you need to get in touch with me, um, my email is info at the golden astrologer.com or deb at debmcbride.com. You can book a session, book online on my website, the golden astrologer.com. Just click on book online and you'll be taken to my scheduler. My Instagram is the golden astrologer and you can see me there. I do uh, videos, I do stories, I do reels, um, all different things. And that gives you the little bit of information of astrology of the day um, when I do those. And certainly I'm here at this podcast every Sunday and I thank you for listening. Thank you very much. All have a beautiful, beautiful week. Welcome the summer solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, the winter solstice in the Southern Hemisphere and have a beautiful entry into the sign of cancer. Thank you for listening. Gratitude to all.